thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Sporgy for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Sporgy five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Sporgy by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Sporgy on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast and on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Please follow Sporgy on Facebook to like and share Sporgy. You can also email the show. The address is Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own bro basket or choose from a variety of different bro baskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boozeless, but still cool, bro baskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-ass sports fans giving their half-ass opinions. Now, here are your hosts, Chris and Ridge. Welcome to Sporty, number 21. Number Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. Yes. We're gonna, we're gonna go. We're gonna go modern for tonight. Yeah, sure. well, it's topical as well. I, there's definitely a story surrounding him we can get into. Uh, I'm Chris. I'm Rich. No Ice Man this week. Ice Man. He got a new job. <laughs> and he started and he figured it out. But he's he, he's got his picks in though. His picks will, will be here to represent him. But uh, so I, they. You got to agree, Rich. This October, November, I mean, this is like the best sports time of year, isn't it? Like, everything's going on right now. Literally, this all is, four sports are in play right now. This is literally where the term sporgy was invented by yes. a, uh, a local radio show here no, in Detroit. I don't think it was them. I don't think it was them. Really? I was doing some, yeah, when I was researching uh, the title. You know, I, I when I was research when we were getting the show together, I re- I don't think it was that. I just think maybe they introduced it into our lexicon. You know, that's how we heard it. I don't think it, I'd like to give them credit. They are broadcast pioneers. However, you know, I don't I don't think it was them. But this is the time of year. Ah, uh, this is what we're we're thinking about on like July eighth. <laughs> this is the time of year we're thinking about. When there's, you know, that when there's that no man's land in between the all-star game. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, if you like sports, this is the time of year. And I think we're flexing our downloads, too. 
our downloads seem to have, you know, maybe we're newer too, but our downloads seem to have crept up as the fall has set in and all four have kicked in, which, hey, right the fuck on. So where do we even begin, man? Uh, well, I mean, I guess we can kind of begin where you yeah, take it in chronological order, um, which if I'm correct, just to, to, to keep with our tradition of talking hockey right out the gate to, to so people can fast forward who aren't hockey fans. Um, yeah. I've got two stories that I, I that struck my, struck my interest, uh, out of the hockey news this week. Um, First one being, I think they're I think they're they're related, and I'll I'll, I'll draw the line between the two. But the the first story is uh, Steve Ott, uh, Red Wings winger, they signed in the off season. He uh, ended up spearing Zed Nochara from the uh, Boston Bruins and getting a two thousand two hundred twenty two dollar and. I think twenty-two cent fine. So, some, some, some stupid number like that. And the fact that there was actually decimal points and cents was amusing to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it's the maximum allowed under the collective bargaining agreement. Uh, and you know, if you've listened to this program before, you know, uh, you know, wings are my team. But I'm not as so much of a homer to not say what he did was. I mean, it was a dirty fucking play. And just to be honest, that's the type of play that's encouraged when you don't have guys out there who are on the ice to make sure that players answer for the shit they pull. And Char is definitely, cons- I mean, he's on the downside of his career. Uh, I think he got drafted in 97 by the Oil or Islanders. So, I mean, he's definitely been around. But, I mean, still, he's considered a... A, a star in the league and Otter is not, you know, he's just a uh, shit yeah. disturber. He is, he is what you get when you take guys like Brashear and Delmi and Probert. And I mean, even to a lesser extent, the guys like McCarty out of the game and you get the rise of what is called shit disturbers. And that's what he is. And not in a Chris Chelios way, where I'm gonna, where he's gonna do anything he can to help his team win, and that's where it comes from. This is just his style of play. I mean, this is the Matthew Barnaby, Steve Avery, or Sean Avery, just I, I just pest is the best way to put it. Way of playing, <laughs> and you know, I just finished reading Probert's autobiography. And since the last episode, and I'm about halfway through Darren McCarty's, and they both talk about, and, you know, Probert was definitely a heavyweight in the NHL as far as enforcers. Probert was, you know, at one point the the guy you went to go prove yourself against if you wanted to be considered a top enforcer in the NHL. McCarty was kind of a light heavyweight. But, you know, even with guys like McCarty, they're getting more rare and rare and they're being phased out of the game. And once again, you get guys who cross the line, they do shit like this. And this all goes back. This all goes back to Batman doesn't want fighting in the game. 
But Batman knows if he outright bans fighting, he'll be that commissioner. And mm-hmm. he, I, I'm pretty much, I think he's very much like a, uh, if you if you see Goodell 20 years from now in the NFL, if he lasts that long, because there's rumblings that even even the owners are starting to get tired of Goodell's bullshit. But if you see Goodell in the in the NFL 20 years from now, that's Batman Part Two. That's a guy who he doesn't give a fuck about his legacy. He just wants shit his way, and he doesn't care who hates him and how history looks back on him. Yeah, because they're doing some gangster shit to Ezekiel Elliott right now, but that's that's jumping ahead. But I mean, you know, and it, it kind of goes into the next story I read the very next day after reading that story in the hockey news. Which and once again, you know, I completely deserved what he got. Um and if Char would have wiped the Char is six nine. Like I think about two sixty. If he'd have wiped the ice with that, I would have got what he deserved. And he and by the unwritten code in hockey he should have fucking got someone should have wiped the ice with his with his ass that's so this is the one so is this the one uh one of the few times you'll actually agree with the you're agreeing with the league well yeah, i don't think it was any any like the, any okay. jordan rules no this Tara? is this is i if if i mean if it had been crosby i think they'd have tried to do a lot more to him I mean, if it had been Ovechkin, they'd have probably tried to do a lot more to him. If it had been one of the up-and-coming guys, like Connor McDavid or, you know, one of, one of them guys, yeah, I think they'd have probably tried to do a lot more to him. But, but Chara plays a physical style, and usually, it, once again, hockey's very strange because hockey has a lot of, has a code and unwritten rules. And usually the rule is if you play a physical style, then don't be shocked when someone comes at you and, pl- and returns the favor and you let those two guys work it out between themselves. Um, but anyways, the, the, the very next day story comes out through Ken Campbell in the hockey news that the league is going to restrict all-star games to quote bona fide NHL players. Now this, um, all- don't they all play in the NHL? I, you think the players weren't in the, that the players have been in the, all-star game in the past or not bona fide NHL players? I mean, well, okay. Uh, Talk shit about your own league? I mean, let's let's look at this way. Let me ask you a question. If you play a quarter of the the games and you're on the roster for a quarter of the games and you're collecting a check that's signed by the... the, the, Somewhere on it says for playing in the NHL... Would you consider yourself a player in the NHL? Yes. It, it, I don't know. Well, I, I, th- this all goes back to last year's All-Star game. The All-Star game in the NHL, fans get to vote players in. And John Scott, who played for, at the time, call, uh, Arizona, he got voted in. John Scott is pretty much, I mean, he's, he's an enforcer. I mean, he's one of the, he's the very last of a dying breed. And, or, or one of the very last of a dying breed. And the NHL didn't like it. And on top of that, if I'm remembering correctly, his teammates voted him captain of the all-star team. So you have other players who are recognizing that, oh, yeah, this is, a, this is the type of player we need on the ice, this type of player that we need in the game. So the NHL decided to do it, 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 
it always does and you know is is doing its best to to squash this and i mean you know they even had the nh someone from the nhl call him call john scott the player that 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 the fans voted in and said do you think this would be something your kids would be proud of what they're playing the all-star game yeah and you're voted and and yeah but they're like oh you're just you're you're a token you're voted in because you're a write-in candidate and you garnered the most votes means the fans like me who gives a fuck and if, I mean, you're no, letting, if you're I'm letting the fans pick like is this is you just mad because it wasn't you or mad or mad because it wasn't who you wanted well i mean it, we we touched on this briefly one of the very first episodes the nhl even prompted the coyotes to trade scott to the canadians and then the canadians sent him to the minors i mean you, you gotta think about that. This is this is a guy who, if you know anything about hockey, I mean, these guys. It's not like football. These guys leave their families sometimes to go hundreds of miles away when they're fourteen, fifteen, sixteen years old to play with teams, minor league teams. They they have like they're billeted with with families who let them stay there. You know. The teams because they they become a family period with their team, and I mean these guys give up a significant portion of their life for the chance to play in the NHL, and then you got a guy who made it and he made it the old school way because no one hardly point maybe I was going to say point one percent maybe two percent of players who are in the NHL who've ever laced up and played in the NHL wanted to go into the NHL and then be an enforcer. Usually the guys that are enforcers, even in the 80s and 90s, that are on the ice were one of the top players in their prospective leagues on their teams coming up. And it's just when they got to the, you know, to the NHL, it was, hey, look, you know, you're not scoring 40, 50 goals anymore. You're not racking up 100 points, but you're a tough motherfucker. And on top of that, you have a sense of honor, and, you, and you'll stick up for your, you know, your teammates. Are you willing to do what you got to do to make the team? And that's where these guys say, "Yeah, you know." There's a whole documentary about it, uh, and then there's a new one coming out called Ice Guardians. The old documentary, oh, I, f- oh, I forget, oh, I, for- I forget what it is. Um, but I mean, there's the fact that there's there's two documentaries about it that have been shown at, at film festivals. And have been well received tells you everything you need to know. I mean, these these this is not something to be you know just pushed aside. But this is what the NHL is doing. And when once again, when you when you take these guys out of the game and you shift the rules to what you have, you now have guys like Steve Ott who feel very comfortable spearing Zedno Chara in his fucking crotch, basically doing a cup check with the end of his stick into his fucking sack. And he goes, okay, so you're going to take some money from me and I'm going to maybe sit a game or two? Okay, well, whatever. Whereas if you read hockey players' biographies, they will tell you, you stick a guy out there who could hurt you, case in point, one of McCarty's first fights was against Joey Kosher. Joey Kosher cracked open Darren McCarty's helmet with a punch. And McCarty was <laughs> like, was like, uh... Uh, I'm sorry, I fought you. Like as they went down on the ice and the linesmen are breaking up, they're in a pile. And he's going, "I'm sorry, I fought you." And uh, 
I, I had to do my job, Mr. Kosher. And he's like, anybody, any line that Kosher was out there, anybody on the line with Kosher, got a ton of room on the ice because no one wanted to have to deal with them. Same thing with Tony Twist back in the day. I mean, I could keep naming guys. That's what kept your superstars from getting cheap-shotted and people taking runs at them. And, and people have been saying it for years, and I think it's we're getting real close to it happening. Eventually, one of the marquee superstar players the NHL wants to shove in our faces, you know, a la Crosby or, 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 or somebody else, is going to get fucked up. And if it doesn't end his career, it's going to shorten it significantly or it's going to take him out for a long period of time, which Crosby's already going through problems with concussions. And anybody that listens to this show knows I don't have any, there's no love laws for, for me for Crosby. But once again, he's allowed to d- take dives and make cheap shots and cry and whine to the officials and no one ever fucking holds him responsible for it on the ice because you can't do it anymore. So what happens is guys start taking cheap shots. Now he's, his career might be cut short due to concussions. We're not talking about a guy like Eric Lindros who played a, a hard-nosed physical style game. That's how come his career was cut short due to concussions. This is Crosby. This is the finesse player the NHL has wanted ever since Gretzky retired. So yeah, yeah. He, he's had a lot uh, expected of him, but a lot just handed to him too. It was, it, Crosby is the, I think, the NHL parallel to LeBron James. Oh, you're like the heir, you know, you're the heir apparent, you know, and all this shit is handed down to you and expected to been my impression of it anyway. Well, yeah. And I've said it before and I'll say it again in relation to this story. Crosby 20 years ago could not get away with the, the way he plays, dives, cries the refs. He couldn't do it because someone would grab him and clean his fucking clock. And as he's laying on the ice, barely conscious, they lean over him and go, do it again, and it's worse the next time. Put your big boy panties on, bitch. Play like a man. That would have been the end of it. That would have been the end of it. Like I said, if it was 20 years ago, Pittsburgh would have had to go sign at least a couple, I mean, hard-hitting heavyweight enforcers just for the chance for Crosby to play like he does. But nowadays, hey. No, you can just, you know, you can just sign for a million and a half. Some little shit disturber is going to run around and be a pest. And it's fucking, it's ridiculous. And it's, once again, slowly but surely, you know, in my opinion, killing the game. And a lot of people would say different. A lot of people would say, oh, well, it's changing the game, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well it's it's you're seeing a reason ratings have dropped off for hockey and are staying low and mm-hmm. scoring is down i mean they've tried everything and the 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 fact of the matter remains when enforcers were the when every team carried at least one scoring was up ratings were up ratings were climbing and that was it's the bottom line. It's but, the glow puck, I tell you. Bring <laughs> back the glow puck. But anyways, yeah, that's my rant for that's 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 my rant for 
this week. And, and once again, if you want, you can go to Sporting News. You can look up the articles. Check them out yourself. I mean, if, if you're a diehard hockey fan, I'm pretty sure you've seen the articles in the hockey news or at least, you know, an article about these stories. But, but yeah, you know, it, it's, this, is, this is the game that, they've, that, that Bettman has, has, through engineering, constructed and that, that he wants. And I don't think it's the game fans want. I know it's not the game I want. So. Well, no, I, I think you're, you're in too, and it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, you think Bettman and uh, 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 what's his fucking nuts, Goodell, have some parallels to them. And, I mean, I think, you're, I think you're seeing some of that, some of the chickens coming home to roost in the NFL this year with the ratings down. You know, people blame the election and Kyler Kaepernick and all that. But, I mean, you know, good, there's been a lot of changes since Goodell took over they're fucking dumb you know that it uh, for example the celebrations i don't think there's anything wrong with celebrate i think fans want to see that shit uh you know i think the what's what's the brady rule fucking uh the tuck rule that, no that wouldn't get out though no i know but I, I i i was oh you're talking about don't touch the the quarterback basically it, yes which uh, have Cam Newton, you know, now saying it's not—it's no longer fun for him to play football this way. Dude, how come no one has made a big deal of a fucking hat he had on on Sunday? Like, oh, that was dude! The first thing I noticed, dude, okay, when I saw all, that clip, I was like, his, are you his Peter sh- Pan? Are you Huggy Bear? What? what who the fuck? Are you Robin Hood? No, dude. <laughs> like, the, the, the internet. The internet's had a fucking. The internet's had a field day with his fucking wardrobe. There's people that that put Joker ma- makeup on him because he looked like fucking the Joker from the you know Batman comic books. His shoes looked flat out like they were made of pepper jack cheese. I did see that one. I did see. <laughs> I did manage to see that. I couldn't believe that. I was like, "What the fuck is going on with them shoes?" But I mean, well, besides his besides his fashion sense. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I guess I'm gonna <laughs> this is wrong because he's not here to defend himself. But if you listen to last week's show, you'll understand why I'm saying this. I'm gonna talk out. I'm gonna pull an ice man and talk out both sides of my mouth. Um, on Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp's show, Shannon Sharp laid out a list of quarterbacks in the NFL since the beginning of the 2015 season who who the NFL says have had more missed calls for roughing the passer than Cam Newton. Take a wild guess at who the top three players are on that list. For uh, what is the call again? For, for not for, getting yeah, roughing the not, passer? For not, get, for, not, for not getting the call for roughing the passer, they should have gotten quarterbacks. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of all the black quarterbacks. Well, you're uh, wrong. If, if that's the road you're going, you're wrong right there. Okay, so don't chase that rabbit down the hole. All right. Um... I'm trying to think uh, who who's really mobile. Is that the right? Is that better? Well, I'll just because I, I, your first instinct, I, I think a lot of people would think the same thing because there has been very much. It, I said at one point it was undertones. It's just and now it's just out in the open. There's a, there's a racial aspect to this that's being brought up by certain people. It's Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Eli Manning. All three of them, according to the NFL, have been hit with roughing the passer calls that weren't called that should have been more times 
since the beginning of the 2015 season than Cam Newton. Really? So, my question is, what is Cam Newton crying about? That he's not he's not looked at as Tom Brady? Now, if you... It, okay, should the well, NFL you know, protect one quarterback more than the other? No. But since they do, and we live in reality, here's the thing. Cam, you haven't earned the right to be fucking treated like Tom aren't Brady. Aren't there, like, five rings in between those three names? Uh, like, did Rodgers yeah. get two, or does Rodgers have no, two? No, Rodgers has one. One. All right. Rodgers has one. Breeze has one, and yeah, Manning's got two. That's right. No, Rodgers. Rodgers played for a second one and lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Too bad. Against Breeze. Yes. <laughs> oh, not again. No, no, that one against Breeze. No, I'm sorry. No, that was yeah. Oh, whatever. But yeah, that's yeah. With the the, the three names that you said, man, there's some fucking hardware. Those guys have. You're right. Those guys have earned that right. And they're taking these hits, and they're not up there at the podium looking all moody and pissy, talking about they're not having fun anymore with the game. Cam Newton's a big baby. I mean, you, it, look, go back to a Super Bowl press conference, you know, before we were on the air. You know, you know sorry you lost, but hey, man, grow up, fucking nut up, come back next season and take what's yours. Instead of starting one five. Well, I I kind of respect the guy who, t- who who takes a loss hard, but I don't respect the guy who takes a loss hard and takes it out on the very people who are there promoting him and his sport. Not like the NFL really needs it, hey, but I mean, let's be honest. You know where you take that loss hard? You take it in your hotel room. Take that loss hard in your hotel room. You take it on the plane. You don't take it in front of the cameras. You don't. Uh, does that make any sense? Oh yeah! Like even after even even with the Fab Five, when you know they 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 went down in the national championship game, and Weber threw a shit fit, and was like, "Get that fucking camera out my face!" That was on the way back to the locker room, and then when he came out for the press conference, he apologized for his actions and he actually answered questions. Now, granted, he wasn't very, you know, verbose. In his answers. But also, he was what? A fucking 19-year-old kid? I mean, technically yeah. by the law, he's a man. But I mean, he's, he's, he's you know, a year and a half removed from high school. Cam Newton, Cam, Cam, Newton, Cam Newton doesn't have that excuse anymore. Cam Newton got a fucking Heisman Trophy. Exactly. All right. So the, his whole attitude towards reporters... Has gotten has gotten old with me, and it's worn thin. And I'm like, you know, I, I'm over. I'm he's over the whole fucking, Cam Newton thing. He's also fucking 27 years old. Like, you know, you you are closer to 30 than 20. Act like it, Chief. Stop being a baby. Like he it, he could just it's just the way he presents himself. Really. Yeah. Now, where I said I was going to talk out of both sides of my mouth, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say I was listening to B- uh, Bomani Jones on ESPN Radio, and he brought up the fact, he said, look, you look at Drew Brees, you look at Eli Manning, and you look at uh, uh, Rodgers. They're all smaller than Newton. They don't get out of the pocket like Newton. So, you know, he, of course, he brought up there, he brought up a racial element to it. And I don't, I, you know, I don't know. Do, do I really think that the refs out there are going, well, he's a black quarterback, so he can take a beating better than white quarterbacks? 
But I mean, at the same time, the stats don't prove that. The stats prove the exact opposite. But he was saying, you know, why shouldn't Cam Newton, the up-and-coming face of the NFL, get the same treatment that a Brady gets? Because you ain't got, you know, you're talking about five Super Bowl rings. Brady's got, Brady can fill up his one of his hands with his Super Bowl rings. Oh, he's got four, but yeah. Well, okay, he can get all the fingers. Yeah, he hasn't got the one for the thumb yet. Yeah, he's going to get the thumb ring before he retires. But yeah, I just, to me, it, Newton, it's, it's, it's not, yeah. And you know what? To be honest with you, you know, Earl would say, well, they've tucked, you know, they put the flags away. They, they're not throwing them. They're actually letting the defense play defense against quarterbacks, et cetera, et cetera. That's fine. Okay, but... Yes, Cam Newton does have a legitimate gripe that, look, some of these hits are fucking ridiculous, and they should be called. And the NFL has come out and pointed out that was a missed call. We're going to do better to train our part-time referees to, which is a whole other discussion, but you know, we're going to do better to train our part-time referees to call these you know, things when they happen, et cetera, et cetera. And my beef isn't the fact that he's calling it out. My beef is the fact that he's taking it out on the wrong people. Now, today I did read a, a very short, it was basically a, a Twitter post. That, that was Look at his age. Look at his age. That's my default argument for everything. But I read something that was basically a, a, a Twitter post masquerading as an uh, article that said that uh, Goodell actually met with Newton about this subject. So we'll see if anything comes to that. But Yeah, he was talking about Talk about he was gonna go. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go talk to the principal about this. That's what I heard. You know, and if he's getting any bias on the field, too, it's. I think it's good because of his size. Quite honestly, and none to do with him being black. It's probably got everything to do is he's bigger than your average quarterback. He's what he's six five. Yeah, but once again, the fact that the stats and the facts that the NFL put out themselves don't don't hold up with that. Mm-hmm. Smaller quarterbacks are taking you know, hits that should have been called more so than he is. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, really, when it, when it comes down to it, can we be honest? If this was 30 years ago, no one would put up with him talking this shit. If this was 20 years ago, this was maybe even 15 years ago, you imagine him talking this shit if Ray Lewis had hit him yeah. like that? Ray what Lewis would be think- like, you put on the uniform, didn't you? You get a paycheck, don't you? Shut the fuck up and do your job. Here's, here's where my millennial argument comes into play again. Uh, just because you got to the Super Bowl doesn't make you elite. You have to win the Super Bowl, Cam. There is a difference. I think we're getting a little bit of that entitlement attitude. Well, got Super Bowl, I'm elite now, right? No, you're fucking not. You got to win. Remember, remember NFL QBs on Facebook? <laughs> they used to make fun of. <laughs> they used to make fun of Joe Flacco not calling him elite, and then he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I remember that. That was that was some funny shit, by the way. I don't know why they stopped that. Like, that was, like, required fucking uh, Monday morning reading, man. Like, that, those, was, that shit was out. Like, I was, like, I'd be on smoke breaks at work <laughs> fucking looking them up on my phone <laughs> trying to read them. Probably because it came down from the Fuhrer. I mean, uh, the, the, the commissioner not to do it anymore. That guy out of there. Well, you know, and and... I want to. I want to kind of just veer off for a second. Let's talk about the fact that not necessarily the ratings are down for the NFL, 
But I'm starting to hear rumblings that the NFL's crying they're not raking in the money that they did a couple years ago. Okay. You expect me to – you are a billion-dollar-a-year business. Mm-hmm. Yep. Your profits, you, you still started with a B. And you expect me because you're not making a billion and a half this year, you're projected to make, if, if earnings keep going the way they are, just a billion dollars, you expect me to feel sorry for you? Especially when your players, if you look at the ratio of what is earned by that sport to what the players are paid, and they are the lowest paid players to that with that ratio between that ratio really come on now i mean nhl is i think they've spent way too much time on tumblr way too much time on twitter and they've fallen into the i'm the victim it's the victimhood olympics and they're aiming for the gold medal cuz they want to fucking say that that the problem isn't what they're doing and it's not of their cause. It's not of it's the problem isn't because of anything they've done, and they haven't caused it. They're victims of all these circumstances, and I'm not buying. Heard this would be safe spaces at the new Little Caesars Arena. It's just it's a rumor I heard. <laughs> yeah, when 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 Crosby's on the ice, it's called <laughs> the entire fucking ice. Yeah, the yeah, rink. I was to say, oh, for the players as well as the fans. Oh shit. That player looked mean at me, and he came towards me in a menacing fashion when I had the puck. I'm just here for a good, clean game of hockey, guys. Oh, God. Yeah. I, it, but we're Cro-Magnon because we think like this, though, by the way, <laughs> to, to, to the general public. But that's another podcast. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. So, um, I mean, should, should, what? Should, we, should we get to the game that we dedicated so much time to last week? Michigan, Michigan State. Yeah, I mean, uh, went went how I planned. I mean, the one thing I've heard that's bothered me is is people are pissed. Michigan didn't beat them. Worse, like who who are these people? Uh, I I have no idea because I, I'm gonna tell you what. As a Michigan fan, last year's game hurt just as much as a blowout would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, losing it's, it's, it right, literally in the final seconds. It sucked just as much as a blowout would have. A mm-hmm. loss is a loss, um, especially against you know a, a rival team and 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 a fan base who, you know, any. I, please understand. I'm not saying all MSU fans, but there's a lot of MSU fans out there who must be suffering from the most early of onset Alzheimer's I've ever heard of in my life. I actually got into it with one uh, at a Halloween party because he said, Michigan's never had a run like M- against MSU like MSU had against Michigan up until this year. What? And I said, I'm a state okay. fan, but that is just being willfully obtuse. And I said, 2000 to 2007, Michigan's record against MSU was 7-1. and one. That is the exact record you have since 2008 to 2015 against Michigan. Are you serious? You don't remember 15, 16 years ago? I got to get a Seinfeld drop. To the, who are these people? <laughs> <laughs> these are people when I post, you know, MSU fan base established 2008. These are those people. These are people uh. who, who probably 
couldn't couldn't even didn't even know Nick Saban and couldn't tell you who John L. Smith was. Couldn't tell you that Nick Saban was was coach at MSU. That, point. Didn't know who John That's not that long ago. That's not that long ago. Well, in this in this microwave mentality and attention span society, apparently it is. Apparently, unless you're a you sports nerd, George Perlis to them, they're like, "What are we getting eyeglasses?" <laughs> Pearl vision? What? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's. It, there's a lot of Michigan fans that want him to fucking crush and just roll. And I mean, you know, hey, look, it'd have been nice, but I think the ultimate. The ultimate thing I took away from that game is at the end of the game when it didn't matter, D'Antonio went for two, and Pepper said, not today, motherfucker, and ran that shit back in for a fucking safety when they went for two. And I was like, that's what you get for trying to fucking show your ass off. You, I, I actually made a meme that I posted and tagged you in. Then when yeah. Antonio had his hand over his, like, doing the face palm, and it said, yeah. you've been acting a fool since 2008, and daddy comes home. That is exactly yeah. what happened. So, hey, you know what? We are set up, because I know Earl says D'Antonio's out and all this. In the national media, the only thing I've heard is when he, and, and it's just talk, it's not reporting, there's no worms or, or moles or close, close, warm personal friends saying this. <laughs> this is just national talking, sports talking heads talking, and they're going, do you think he would go to LSU if they asked? And the answer has pretty much been a resounding no from anybody that's been asked that question. And the fact that he also is, that team's a lot younger than I, than I, than I remembered, than I realized, remembered. Oh, realized. yeah, it's... Yeah, it's a lot of new blood, man. So you like, add that to the equation, and he's that's his like, first year I, with a lot of these guys? I, I, like, I don't want to go all Earl on it and be like, hey, I, I iced it, but I, I, I want to go, go more. I, like, I kind of saw this coming. Like, I was like, uh, like, I lost a lot of guys. I don't know. You and know, Michigan like, had a lot he, of seniors come back. He, he ate Izzo. Yeah. Like, he's a good coach, but he's not. Dude, Izzo just... Izzo just seems to be one of them anomalies where fucking you fucking give him anything, dude, and he'll fucking make it happen. You know, Izzo's one guy, you know, he, he is a coach that can win a game. But, you know, that's in a couple months. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think, uh, I mean, the game, the game played out uh, pretty much how I thought it would. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say that first quarter, I was definitely biting my nails. But then I had to realize that, okay, State played ball possession type game that first quarter. They weren't going to be able to do that the entire game. State's problem is this year, like, they're very Lion-esque. Is they, they don't keep their intensity up the whole time. That seems to be, at least from the, the, the little bit of Michigan State football I've seen this year, it seems like that first quarter is like pretty much a classic example of their year this year. Like, or the first half, I should say. Like, they come out fired up in the first quarter and then just kind of start just, eh, by the second quarter, you know? And the, I don't know. Well, I but, think, I think D'Antonio finally has a coach in Michigan 
who has gotten into D'Antonio's head like he's gotten into the, the, the previous two Michigan coaches' heads. Mm-hmm. Because he ran it four times trying to pound it in. And I think that was – I mean, didn't even, didn't even put it up in the air once. And I think that was him attempting to say, look, my t- our team is as tough as your team. And guess what? You're not. Sorry. It's just yeah. all there is to it. Going for two – was just a mighty middle finger in the face of Michigan, and it backfired on him. Yeah, I mean that's just that's that's you weren't going to win. You weren't. You weren't going to. Yeah, you weren't going to win. You weren't going to come one, back. There was one second on the clock after that. Yeah. Okay. That was that was some um, Woody Hayes. I went for two when we're when we're blowing out Michigan. Why? Because I couldn't go for three. Pettiness. <laughs> but that's also that also means that he's that's not D'Antonio's game. Yeah. That's not how he coaches. So that means that Harbaugh is in his head now because D'Antonio knows he'll never admit it to the press, but you tie that motherfucker up and stick a gun to his head, I guarantee you he knows he, by all rights, if it wasn't for dumb fucking luck, he has an 0-2 record against Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing he could have done to stop that last Saturday. Nothing. No. that train He tried was- everything. Yeah, but I mean, they're on a roll, man. There ain't no, I am not a Michigan fan, but I, credit where credit is due, man. Like, they're a fucking machine this year, man. Well, I haven't said anything about this, not once, in any of our podcasts since Michigan, since, since the college football season started this year, but I'm going to say it now. If Jareel Peppers is not in the talk for Heisman Trophy candidates, Something's really wrong with college football because that motherfucker played quarterback, halfback, tight end, wide receiver, punt and kick return, linebacker, defensive end on Saturday. Yeah, I did see that. And when he wasn't on the field, he was pacing on the sidelines with his helmet on like, let me go back in. Yeah, man, that, he, that's a gamer. That's a motherfucker who his, he has a high football IQ. He's got the physicality to back it up. He has the talent to back it up, and he's got the will and the drive to back it up. I mean, he's going to be a very wealthy man as long as, knock on wood, nothing happens to him physically before the draft comes. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. And, you know, let's, 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 talk, let's keep it clean off the field. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's, That he's, tends to sink a lot of guys, too. And you know he's had some issues here and there, but I think or at least I think let, let's let's not get caught. All right, do what do what you're gonna do. You know? <laughs> I think I think Harbaugh probably sat him down and had a uh, 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 who was it that said have a fall guy, Michael? Yeah, Irvin. I was just thinking the same thing. Pull the Chris Carter. Oh, Chris Carter, hey, yeah. man, get a fall guy. Yeah, tell your boy, hey, six months, hey, shit, I got you, I got you. Money's in your commissary, and uh, your people taken care of, and we're going to party like rock stars when you get out after your little six months. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I, 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 I have to admit, I'm bummed that Earl isn't here. Really wanted to hear his take on this, this game. Um, uh, yo, should, we, should, we, should we go through the messenger? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Just read from Saturday? We don't have three hours. I mean... <laughs> Well, no, he'll tell you that they, that I don't think so much is he's talking about that team has quit is I think they're young, man. They're, 
they're still figuring out how to play college football. And the thing is, though, in college, you don't have time to figure out how to play college football. You have to play college football now if you want to go pro, that is. Yeah, you might get a couple tune-up games against you know some nobodies your first two games of the season. But after that, and, and, and college football is very much cutthroat. I mean, if you mm-hmm. lose, you better lose early in the season if you want any chance to be even be in the talk for the national championship. But didn't they lose a championship? But didn't they lose a few recruits to Michigan? Uh, to be honest with you, that's not. I'm not a big guy on like recruiting. I don't follow that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I we we have a, Mike Valeni here locally. I I, I want to say you're right because I know people have called up and said it, and of course Valeni goes, "Oh, recruiting! Let's talk about recruiting!" You know, and you know how he gets about it. So. But I do, I do honestly think that if my if my memory serves me correct, yes, there's been a couple because couple you got to think flip and jump ship at the last minute. There's probably a lot of uh, committing and decommitting to Michigan uh, during the uh, Hoke and uh, Rich Rod run. You know, I bet you, I'll bet you million fucking dollars. State got some players they shouldn't have got during those years because people are like, ah, I don't want to go play over there. Harbaugh shows up, you know, Jesus and Khaki shows up, and I'm sure it's now it's a much more desirable football destination if you are coming out of high school. Definitely, definitely. And I've said it before, and I say it again, Harbaugh's brand of coaching plays better in college than it does in the pros. Mm-hmm. Because these are guys that, they're not living at home. They're going out into the spotlight for the first time. And yeah, he's gonna he'll treat recruits like he needs to treat them to get them in there. But once they're in there, <laughs> you <laughs> he ain't locked in with his players. His players are locked in with him. Yep. You know, I mean That's a fair statement. So it don't I don't think it, it matters if you're a five star or a two star recruit. You're pretty much if you ain't gonna put the work in, he's gonna he's gonna bring the bitch out in you. He's gonna see who wants to be there and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. And uh so I won't be talking about football games that happened this weekend. Let's talk about Sunday. Is Jim Cult was he consulting in his Madden playbook on Sunday? How do you onside kick with three minutes left? Nice faith in your defense dipshit yeah i gotta imagine if i'm a defensive player on that team i'm like what the fuck coach yeah did did the coach get a fucking bird from his whole defensive line (laughs) on fucking sunday like what the fuck was that i could not like that to me was some sol shit right there man well i mean let's be honest is there is there is there any doubt that he's been lionized already I mean, well yeah. and good lionized before the season even started. I mean, t- truth be told, we're halfway through. We're four and four. You and I picked. It's way better than we thought we were going to be right now. But still, like, I could not, like, it could have played out just like last week. It could have played out just like the Colts game. Punt the goddamn ball, make a stop, and march down the field in the last minute and a half. What the fuck? Yeah, that's. I think that was his job right there. That was the deciding factor. That was it, absolutely his fault that we lost. I, I think. I think if now if they if they they'd have pulled it off, 
Yeah, he's a genius. That's one he of might, those moves. He he might he might have bought himself another season, unless they yeah. just absolutely just stink it and just fucking get blown out every game rest of the season. But that's also like you said, man. That's that's him telling his defense, I don't trust you enough. That's like a coach coming out and using the word soft to describe his defense. That's the quickest way to lose that fucking team. And of course, you know. <laughs> We don't have the players that are going to come out and say it, but they got to be thinking it at this point. They have to be. I mean, yeah. You're not even going to give us a chance, really, really. Yeah, I know it's not the Rams, but still, your quarterback has given you a couple examples this season of just get me the ball, all right? An onside kick with three minutes left. It's not the way. Get the fucking ball, all right? Now, if there's 30 seconds left, yes. Do the goddamn onside kick. But three minutes, I could not believe with three minutes left, he onside kicks. The fuck is wrong with you? Well, and also, once again, let's go back to it. The, the, the reputation that Stafford has remains intact. 500 better teams he can't beat on the road. I mean, but he could have. Well, I, I mean, the argument is. Score more touchdowns. We're not having this conversation. Exactly. I know that argument. I give that argument a bunch of times. But he could have. That's the thing. You didn't even give him the shot. You, you tied one arm behind his back and said, go. Fuck, you tied both arms behind his back. Because you pretty much gave him the ball to run the clock out. Dipshits. What the fuck are you doing? Well, if you're not from Detroit and you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking – that Matt Stafford is an elite quarterback. Please stop it. Just stop it. I know that I know that Iceman went on last week and a minute six. A minute six and all that shit. But it's one, even if you take away Chris, even if you take away. I'm not saying he's elite, but he's he's done it twice this season. At least give him the shot to try to do it again. No, oh, I understand, but what Caldwell's saying is he didn't trust his defense to get the ball back to Stafford. So, yeah. let's just, so let's just give the offense the ball and field position instead? Yeah. Like, straight up. I was The first thing I thought was, like, what are we playing Madden? What the fuck are you doing? It's yeah, live ammo, son. This isn't on the video. This ain't a video game. <laughs> like, yeah, that, what are you doing? That did smack a Madden a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't the Saints kicking off the second half with a surprise onside kick either. Yeah, it wasn't something like that. It was like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, like, yeah, like, you know, like, really, he's doing that. I think we all collectively, as a city, <laughs> probably said it at the same time. What the fuck is he doing? Well, I, I think that was that 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 right there sealed his fate <laughs> for next season. You had you had twenty percent of a quarter left. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Oh, yeah, I, I, I mean, Lions fans, you'll be you'll be being introduced to your new coach probably a week or two after the season ends. Yeah, again, and he's going to change the culture, and the time to win is now. And every other fucking thing that every coach has said that's came through here since fucking Wayne Fonts. Who's coaching in Cleveland? I don't <laughs> no, <laughs> he'll be here next. No, is it Hugh Jackson? No, I'm not sure. Anyway, what else happened in the NFL this week? You know, we talked about Cam Newton crying. Talked about 
the uh, you know the dumb move of our home team. Ooh, let's check well, the World Series while we're while we're thinking. Oh yeah, we can do a live check in. Yes, live for us. Seven two, bottom of the sixth. Cubs on top. All right, barring a meltdown. Well, there's still a lot of baseball left. But, uh, yeah, looks like uh, we might see Game 7 in the World Series. But back to the NFL. Well, you said you want to talk about Ezekiel Elliott, so. Yeah, I just think he's getting railroaded. Well, you know, he's my, he, he's my star stud on my fantasy team. But <laughs> the criminal, I mean, think what you will, you know. Obviously, we, we plenty of conversations we have had about, you know, guys who are good at sports get special treatment but if you just go by the the system of due process that we have in this country it was looked into the courts said uh there's a lot of inconsistencies in the story uh uh witnesses saying they didn't see anything uh, pretty well, much ex- everything explain, say- explain, explain what you're talking about just in case yeah, somebody you- doesn't know. yeah ezekiel Elliott was accused of a case of domestic abuse uh over the summer in Columbus, and yeah, Columbus police pretty much checked into it. A lot of inconsistencies in the woman's story. Uh, no witnesses, and if there were any witnesses, witnesses said they didn't see anything. So as far as law enforcement's concerned, they looked into it, went, yeah, no, nah, this is unfounded. But now the NFL is investigating this incident that law enforcement has said, Hey, we're done here. Nothing to see here. I think this is a classic example of fucking Goodell being a little too big for his britches. I know you shat the bed with Ray Rice two years ago, and you didn't exactly handle uh, Josh Brown the best way, but why are you coming down on this guy for something that he was cleared of? That, Like I said, law enforcement has said, hey, we're done with this, but what, what... Fucking Goodell's greater than the law now. Is is that what's going on here? I think he's getting railroaded. I think it's a bunch of bullshit. And I agree with his attorney who lashed out, you know, at the media yesterday. Do we got any? Oh, wow, we don't have any audio of it. But um, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't in I the didn't, studio this week. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I didn't hear what the attorney said. What? What did? Like sum it up here. for him. Let me uh, find it because I actually was just reading it. Before we run on the air here. All right. From sportsillustrated.com. An article dated today, Tuesday, November 1st. Uh, Today we're recording, people. The attorney for Dallas Cowboys rookie running back Ezekiel Elliott criticized the media for focusing on the league's investigation of his client. Elliott's attorney, Frank Salzano, said the NFL is only investigating Elliott because of the backlash it received over its domestic violence policies. Most recently, former New York Giants place kicker Josh Brown was given a one-game suspension, placed on the commissioner's exempt list, and ultimately released after allegations of multiple domestic violence incidents with his now ex-wife. Two years ago, it botched the Ray Rice domestic violence incident. Uh, CBS Sports' Jason Canfor reported on Sunday that L.A. could still face a lengthy suspension at the conclusion of the ongoing investigation. Now here's where his lawyer starts ripping into him. For the past several days, the media has elected to focus on the allegations of domestic violence involving Mr. Elliott, despite the Columbus, Ohio, prosecutor's office decision not to charge Mr. Elliott nearly two months ago. 
As previously reported, the prosecutor's office conducted a thorough seven-week investigation whereby, in their own words, they dotted every I and crossed every T and concluded there was no credible evidence to file any charges against Mr. Elliott. My office has provided a mountain of exculpatory evidence demonstrating Mr. Elliott's innocence and directly contradicting all of the false allegations contained in the accuser's two police reports as first reported on July 22, 2016. Uh, Elliott denied the allegations and authorities declined to bring charges. Witnesses told authorities they didn't see Elliott assault the woman and Elliott says the woman got bruises and abrasions in a bar fight. Yet the media has chosen to deflect the recent negative press regarding the NFL's reported mishandling of several domestic violence matters by focusing on the NFL's prolonged investigation of Mr. Elliott. Uh, he also, he also oh, says, uh, uh, here's where we go, right at the end, he, he goes right for the balls here. <laughs> Salzano also said that he believes the NFL will clear Elliott of any wrongdoing and added that the league should shut down its investigation of Elliott, quote, which is only open because of their apprehensiveness stemming from the recent scrutiny it has come under for its handling of other domestic violence matters. Boom. Right there. I think he, he summed it all up right there. Like, we fucked up before, so now we're going to make an example of this guy. Even though, hey, I think it's a, if the law has said we're cool, what the fuck is Goodell doing? All right, well, first of all, the thing that stuck out in his statement to me mm -hmm. that jumped out, first of all, is a seven-week investigation by the police in Columbus, correct? Yes. Seven weeks for a domestic abuse allegation. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm, and, and hey, you know, as, as an, uh, uh, one of my co-host on another podcast would love to say it's still just uh uh oh shit just had a brain fart <clears throat> when you use personal experience and you're giving an example as evidence what is that called anecdotal thank you it's just anecdotal evidence but i've had male and female friends who have had arguments maybe they lived in an apartment and the neighbors heard some yelling, and the cops got called. And I'm going to tell you what, there was no seven-week investigations. Yeah. People were taken into custody, and people were given, you know, fines and court costs, and you have to go to anger management. And in seven weeks, it was done and over with. Mm -hmm. Okay, so a seven-week investigation, that means, one, the police were covering their ass, and two, they wanted to make sure that there could be no doubt that the conclusion they came to was not the right one. Because I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. Police, at least the ones I know, uh, pro-athlete or not, they don't look very kindly upon guys beating the shit out of women. I, in fact, I think probably the only way to get a police officer more pissed off Outside of outside of shooting or killing a, a police officer, another police officer, is to beat mm -hmm. on a child. So my guess is this was them covering their ass. So he okay, a seven week investigation tells me that it was thoroughly investigated. Two, his, his yeah, his lawyer is exactly correct. Goodell's overcompensating. Mm -hmm. He's it's the, it's hey, the middle, it's I will the make the child advocate point for seven weeks of maybe it took seven weeks to figure out this chick was lying. 
you know, I'll play that card. Two, if you also, the timing of the charges, you know, he was drafted in what? May. And May, these, yeah. these, yeah, these charges were filed in what? June or July? Like, you know, I know, ooh, rape culture. You know, I know I'm coming from that side right now. But think, think about it. You know, it, oh, hey, it just signed a big contract with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, that's, you know, maybe they have a, you know, they go out and have a shitty night at the club. She gets in a bad mood. Fucking it, seven weeks, man. Like, that, the one thing when you're thinking of, when you're thinking about it's done and over in seven weeks, it's, I'll play that other side of the coin. Maybe it took seven weeks to figure out, like, bitch, we, we ain't got no evidence. Like, maybe it took seven weeks of trying to put together all the misinformation. I'll play that card, too. Well, without getting too deep into the social whatever about domestic violence or sexual assault allegations, I think anybody who's honest, and it's, I'm finding fewer and fewer people are willing to be honest, not necessarily because they're, they're, they're inherently liars or they, they like to lie, just because they don't want to be called names. I, mean, I don't give a fuck if you call me names. Um, you know, we are supposed to be presumed innocent until proven guilty in this country. When it comes to domestic assault or sexual assault, specifically any type of violence against women, that person is automatically guilty until they prove themselves innocent. Now, if you think about it, cops go about automatically they assume you're guilty and they're looking to see if they can prove if there's proof that doesn't back that up. Mm -hmm. I've yet to, I've yet to see any, any cop who, if someone goes, if someone makes an allegation against someone go, well, I'm going to just look at it this way. Let the facts lie. No, no. They start digging in. Okay. Well, well, where's your evidence? Did you have any bruises? Oh, you did have bruises. Okay. Let me ask him. What, where were you? What happened? Okay, well, and they'll, and they'll turn around and lie to the guy that's being accused. Well, she said this and try to trip him up. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's not just in, in a, uh, domestic and sexual assault cases. That's in all cases. That's what cops do. If there's two, I mean, that's what they do. That's their job. So I just, yeah, the timing of it also, it, it, it reeks of, you know, she sniffed that wallet out real quick. Mm -hmm. So, and I mean, you know, dude. It, once again, these are young guys going out partying, living their life, and there's egos on both sides. Who's to say he didn't treat her like she was, you know, a piece of shit, and her ego didn't take a hit, and she said, okay, well, you want to fuck with me? I'm going to fuck with you. It happens. It happens to people who don't even make one-tenth of the money he made in his rookie contract. Hey, I'll float this out there, though, too. Ray Rice, the NFL had that video for how long? It got out, all right? Josh Brown, what? His journals got out, right? Nothing ever came out of this. You know, there was nobody. There's no smoking gun. Yeah, there's no smoking gun. There's no 911 phone call. You know what I'm saying? There's no nothing. That's the other thing is usually with stuff like, you know, like we're in the information age now. That shit will get out there. You know, the whole reason the NF, the whole reason the NFL wasn't so much shit for Ray Rice is because, you know, they had that video and they sat on it. They knew about it. And, yes, Goodell does seem petty enough 
to go, well, I need to make an example. Like I was going to say, it's the, it's the middle child syndrome. Okay, the oldest child got away with it, so you come down harder on the middle child because the oldest child got away with it. He just happened to be in the crosshairs after the NFL basically shot themselves in the foot on two of those fucking domestic violence cases. And now that now he's paying the price for, for them fucking up with the other two. And they could argue, this guy's getting some eyeballs on your league that's down 20% in viewership. What the fuck are you doing? This is, <laughs> this, is your, this is your rookie of the year, pretty much, if he keeps on the clip he's going on. He's, he's even, in, right now, he's, they're talking about the rushing title. He's a goddamn rookie. Well, the NFL, I don't, I don't think it's any secret the NFL has been trying to appeal to a female demographic more than they've ever wanted or tried to in its history what? in the last 10 to 15 years. What was wrong with dudes? Was taking, you know, eight out of every 10 dudes money for the last 100 years not good enough for them? <laughs> What's, what? Is it just plain old greed? It really is, and they're and what in in my opinion, what the NFL does is it's greed, and also they see that there is we make the money, God damn it, they just give it out. What's they, what they they see that there is a lot of movement socially for women, and I, I don't even know how I don't even know what you would call it. I mean, it's not empowerment if they watch the NFL. Let's be honest here. ABC, CBS, and NBC aren't trying to get guys to watch fucking daytime soap operas, are they? No. They're not having testicular cancer awareness month on General Hospital. No. Okay, Sonny ain't running around wearing whatever fucking color ribbon that is for a month on General Hospital. All right? N none of this shit. Ellen's not trying to get more dudes to watch her talk show. Exactly. All right, and there was just statistics that come out. I was just listening to Joe Rogan's podcast, and he was talking to Neil Brennan. If you don't know who Neil Brennan is, Neil Brennan was Dave Chappelle's partner through the Chappelle Show period of time. Dave Chappelle's token white guy, and uh, yeah, <laughs> the one who's done some fucked up shit. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Neil Brennan brought it up. And if you know anything about Neil Brennan, you know that Neil Brennan falls very soundly to the left and fairly far left. And he brought this statistic up to Joe Rogan. He said, do you know how much uh, uh, the percentage of women compared to men as far as control of the money in relationships goes? And like, Rogan goes, Rogan goes, like, what did you say, 100%? Is that what you said? Yeah, 100%. I think Rogan said, like, about 55, 60, 55 to 65. It's 85%. Oh, no, so, that's, that's something I learned in radio, just talking to the salespeople. Is exactly. yeah, guys make the money, but the woman divvies it out. That's why the the the, the twenty five to fifty four woman dollar is a coveted dollar. Like I get it, NFL, but like it clearly skews male. Well, then we're now we have to get into the discussion of is the NFL is the NFL greedy and cynical enough to be willing to to piss on one of their possibly future superstars for the next decade's career to try to get a few more women dollars or dollars out of women to watch their, their product. But, you know, I think if they do though, I don't think it'll stand up. I think, I, I, I think his lawyer will have a field day with it. Like, what, what are you fucking doing? He didn't get, con like, that's, hey, 
he got his due process. You know, think well, what you want. NF- Athlete, athletes tend to get a little more due process than the rest of us. But at the same time, I mean, we've had incidents that have shown us athletes aren't immune. You know, look at Kobe. Look at Michael Vick. You know, look at Ray Rice. You know, look, I mean, you know, so he got his due process. Law washed his hands off him. What the fuck are you doing, Goodell? Knock it off. Well, also, if he's cleared by law enforcement and no charges were ever filed, and the NFL comes down and says they believe that he did this and suspend him acting as if he did, isn't that defamation of character? Oh, yeah. Because you have... For sure. Defamation of character is making... If you go by definition, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the very you know exact quote, but I'm paraphrasing. It's making a claim against someone that's completely unsubstantiated. And this is above unsubstantiated. There was never even charges pressed against him. It's not like they were dropped, pressed and dropped. So, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? Goodell might have overstepped his bounds a little bit on this one. And and honestly, if if he's pulling Stop this playing shit, God, Goodell. If he's pulling this shit with Elliot, who plays for fucking Uncle Jerry down there, uh. Jerry, where, where I'm hearing that there's rumblings from owners about Goodell, Jerry Jones can be a hell of a fucking posse leader and get the pitchforks and, and torches up real quick. Yeah. Real quick, because there's a lot of guys in the, in the NFL who will have no problem hitching their wagon and go, you know what? He runs one of the most successful franchises in the NFL, and really, they haven't done shit in 20 years. So if we want to make money, we should probably listen to the guy who does it with a subpar product. So I mean, yeah, I did. I, I was reading that story about a he. He told the blog that he doesn't think this stuff will stick. So we'll see. Like I said, I just I think he's getting railroaded. Well, I it's I think this because this is clearly I think this is Roger Goodell thinking he's greater than the law. Well, the I fuck think is that I think you I, I think we we've we both said it in separate ways, but ultimately I think Goodell better step real lightly with this one. Yeah, because he wasn't convicted of anything. That's the that's the thing. Like to me, that's the rub with me. Like, hey, law's done with him. What the fuck are you doing? Ooh, what are you? Are you getting the belt? <laughs> you know, his daddy home. Well, you know what this opens the door for. This opens the door for, and we, like it or not, this is the world we live in at this at this particular moment when it comes to the NFL. That if the NFL does come down on him with some type of discipline, and they somehow weasel their way out of out of out of doing it, but not saying that he committed the crime, saying the accusation now is enough to get you suspended or fined these days, it's going to start the whole. Well, the NFL is nothing but a modern day plantation discussion all over again. Well, yeah, my next thought was good luck with the players' union. If if he does this and gets away with it, good good luck with the players' union next time that collective bargaining agreement comes up. Well, the NFL players' union is the dumbest fucking players' union this side of the NHLPA. But that's just my opinion. I can't believe the NFL players don't have more power and more control and more rights than they do considering how much money that fucking organization makes. I just yeah. don't I don't understand it. Maybe they need to hire somebody else, get a bulldog in there who's gonna fucking just rip people apart and go for the throat to get them to get to get these players 
I mean, even up to like basketball standards, you know, I mean, <laughs> basketball has max contracts, you know, but, but still max contracts in basketball. Every football player I know would be drooling at that fucking contract, especially if it's guaranteed money, mm-hmm. which football is the only major sport that doesn't have guaranteed money. You get hurt. You don't get shit. That was it's I mean, it's granted it's not we're not talking, you know, the longest yard or North Dallas 40 or whatever. But I mean, that was one of the major plot points in Jerry Maguire was when Rod, you know, Rod Tidwell, the character Rod Tidwell was like, I'll play without a contract extension. He says, if you get hurt, you get nothing. Do you understand how the NFL works? That was 20 years ago. It's even worse these days. So it's 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 just it's ugly. The NFL is handling a lot of things poorly right now, and I mean, it's time for a change in leadership. It really is. It really is. And I'm I'm very interested to see if if these numbers continue as far as viewership decline. Which, let's be honest, there is an argument to be made that people these days who okay cord cutters, guys like you and I. Guys who mm-hmm. don't have cable, but we still like you know. I go through PlayStation View. I think you do too. I get uh, yeah. Best, I get local best move sports. I made. So it's working out for you. That's good. I was going to ask you, um, but yeah, we we can watch all the sports we could watch on cable, but it doesn't factor into the ratings. And millennials are notorious for being cord cutters because they're so used to getting everything through a computer through a laptop, through a tablet, through a phone, mm-hmm. that a TV, I mean, I, I read an article about how home theater systems are, are getting to be a thing of the past or a thing of the, the older generations because they're like, well, if I want to go to the theater, I'll go to the theater. Otherwise, I'm going to watch it on my tablet. I'm going to mm-hmm. watch it on my laptop. Yeah, the new thing is what, audio bars? Yeah, sound bars, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And so there's an argument to be made that the NFL viewership isn't as down as much as they're, they're fucking saying it is. It's being watched in different places. Exactly. But let's say it is. I want to say, let's say for, for argument's sake, it is really down. How is this not laid at the feet of Roger Goodell? Mm-hmm. And that's why I have such an, uh, an issue with people who want to, who want to get their, like, you know, I, and once again, he's not here to defend himself. And he will talk at length about this if we bring it up on the podcast ever, ever, ever. But, you know, Earl seems to think that it has a lot to do with the Kaepernick thing and players following suit. I think it's a whole lot of issues. Yes, that is one of them. But you don't make a cake with one ingredient. And and, and and an organization like the NFL doesn't take a hit like this over one ingredient. And also, I heard another podcaster brought up a good point. Once you've reached max growth, there's nowhere to go but down. There's only so much money you can squeeze out of people. Yeah. And the NFL has been squeezing, I mean, boogers out of fucking Lincoln's nose on pennies for decades now. And maybe it's just a matter of the chickens have come home to roost. People are like, fuck you. I'm not paying $300 for fucking, you know, seats, $40 for parking. $10, $15 $10, $15 for a beer, $10 for a hot dog. It's ridiculous. It costs but, me, you know, half a month's paycheck to take a family of three or four to the fucking football game. What you talk about, we were talking about cord cutting. 
it, the same thing when I, I got rid of direct TV. Only way I can get red zone is if I get the Sunday ticket. I don't want a fucking Sunday ticket. I want red zone. I don't have time to watch every football game every week. <laughs> I don't. The, the, the cost you want for it seems a little bit exorbitant to me. Don't tell me DirecTV's getting all that money on that. Fuck no. No. And it's no secret the NFL is king in this, in this country, in the U.S., and they definitely have had a license to print money. And I think they've kind of shot themselves in the feet. I mean, things, you know, they've pulled, they've pulled some, some shit that a lot of people don't like, but they're smaller groups of people. But if you put them all together, it starts being a large percentage of their audience. I mean, things like, okay, the exclusive NFL rights to video games goes to Madden, goes to EA Sports. Well, it's not even an argument that when 2K Sports was putting out or 2K Games was putting out an NFL game, it was the superior product. So Madden went to the NFL and said, we've been doing business with you for X amount of time. Here's, here's a ton of money. Give yeah. us exclusive rights. Yeah. Shut it down. Yeah, shut it down. You know, they moved Monday Night Football from free TV to pay TV. That was a, To me, that's a mistake. That's a big mistake. Well, that could be part of your viewership there. Turd nuggets. I all I yeah, I've always thought that was a huge mistake. It's been on free TV for forty years. How the fuck did you move it for? The fact that they don't do what they used to do, which is you got your one o'clock games, you got your four o'clock games, and you'd at least get three of them every week. You would you would get a one o'clock game on CBS, one o'clock game on Fox, and then may and then if you're lucky, two four o'clock games, one on CBS, one on Fox. Now you're lucky sometimes to even get two games, at least here in the Detroit market. Yeah. That's bullshit. You know, I mean, you, you used to be you could start watching at 11 o'clock in the morning. And we're just, and when I say used to be, if you're younger, please understand, I'm talking used about your lifetime. You, 15 years ago, you were, when you were sitting there in your diapers, daddy would fucking go to, the, go to the store Saturday night, pick up his beer for Sunday, and start watching fucking pregame football at 10. It's 12 hours, 13 yeah. hours. And go 12, 13, 14 hours with it. You can't, and, and it, it, I'm talking straight through and flip back and forth between games and check scores. And this is without red zone. This is without Sunday ticket. You can't do that anymore. And that is on the NFL. And, and you I'm wonder not, why your viewership is down. And I'm not going to cry for the NFL because they're doing it to themselves. I mean, they, they wanted parity in the league. They got it. Now you have a bunch of games that are that are just fucking meh. That's just it. It's like I'm not, you know. Oh, Monday night, a perfect example. Last Monday night, okay, turned out to be a game worth watching, but not for the reasons I thought it would be. But honestly, how excited were we about Monday night football before the game showed last Monday? Yesterday, we were all like, "Who did we all pick? Minnesota? Oh, it's going to be a blowout." Yeah. Chicago made that game worth watching. Yeah, Mr. Cavallari back in the saddle. Yeah, well, I want to get to that, but I mean, are we pretty much done with shitting on the NFL? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been a shit on Goodell fest. Well, let's 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 change it up. I don't. I'm not very active on Twitter. I do have a Twitter account, uh, but I did see that that Jay Cutler's wife, the what was she on? The Hills. Was that it? 
or the OC. One of the one of them shows I didn't Laguna Beach or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Kristen Cavallari, uh, she tweets out after the game. Can everyone shut up now? No, you're three and five. We cannot shut up. Now, here's the spin that's been put on it since she tweeted this out yesterday. Well, she wasn't talking about the game. She wasn't talking about Jay Cutler. Okay. Uh, if you okay, so that's a whole lot of coincidence, but whatever. I don't buy it, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna even move forward presuming that that's that's the truth. To me, that's the same attitude that Michigan State that some Michigan State fans would have had if Michigan State would have won on Saturday. Oh yeah, we won. Like okay, you're three and five. Shut the fuck up. Like that's ah. Uh, you t- you tell. She's only a sports fan because she's married to a sports player. Well, here to me is a perfect example of okay, eight and zero from here on out. Then she can tweet that out. All right, I'm going to preface everything I'm about to say with this because if I don't, it's going to come off in a way I don't mean it to come off. She is has every right to tweet out what she wants. She can comment on anything she wants, just like anybody else can. However, having said that, she is in the public eye. So is her husband. Her husband plays sports. Her husband plays one of the most notoriously testosterone-filled sports. She's going to tweet out this shit. That doesn't make him look good. That makes him look like a pussy who can't even fucking handle his own shit. All right. And... I'm not a big, I, th- this is just me. I'm not big on this anyways, male or female, okay? If you got a problem at work, which is what Jay Cutler does, he has a problem at work. He is not very liked by the people who pay his paycheck, the fans. No. Okay, so his bosses are not exactly happy with him right now. Why is his wife fucking sticking her nose in his fucking work business? He doesn't go and negotiate her fucking money for whatever show is she on. And if he did, you know what I'd say? The exact same fucking thing I'm saying now. Sit down and shut the fuck up. She's got her own career. Let her handle her own business. All right? This isn't a matter of life and death. This is a matter of, you know, it's not something, it's not like, you know, this is, he's not a, a wounded veteran coming back being mistreated and she's trying to draw attention to that. This is, he's a fucking quarterback who is paid way more than he's worth and plays, arguably, way under his potential, even though I don't think there's that big of an upside to Cutler. I don't know about you. But, no. Yeah. And this isn't the only athlete's old lady who's done this shit. I mean, Kurt Warner's wife was infamous for fucking calling <laughs> in and, and starting her shit. Brenda Warner. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Kurt. Uh, you know, I, oh shit! I can't remember who he was last last season, but uh, his wife tweeted out, "Oh yeah, well it's a conspiracy theory against against my team and my husband and my and his team and blah blah blah." Okay, spouses of people who are in the spotlight, male and female, please listen to me. I beg you, keep it to your fucking self and within your inner circle, because you're not you're not you're not looking. You're not improving the situation. You're making the situation work worse. All right, that's one of the things I. I you are not I, helping. 
I, I, I gotta give I gotta give athletes credit and I gotta give okay, let's say if an athlete marries a model or an actress and she gets fucked over somehow. She last minute she gets cut from a movie for a younger, hotter, up and coming actress. If that athlete doesn't say anything, doesn't go to social media and start pissing and moaning and crying, good. Okay, because that's her career. And who the fuck are you to stick your nose in like you somehow know how the inner how, how the inner workings of that business works? You don't. No matter what, you're still an outsider. You know, yes, it, it's nice that you have your man's back, and it's nice that you have your woman's back, but ultimately it just it doesn't earn you anything with the fans. It's a no-win situation. I mean... Case in point here in Detroit, Verlander, Justin Verlander started dating Kate Upton. The it girl, at the, well, I mean, he's been with her for what now, five, six years? Mm-hmm. She was like, you know, the it girl when, when they started dating. Here in Detroit, as far as I know, Kate Upton didn't even, she, they do a lot of stuff on social media as a couple. But she's not jumping and talking shit about if he has a bad game. You know, she's not tweeting every five fucking seconds. Or can everybody shut up now when he had a comeback season like he did this year? She lets him do his job, all right? Take his lumps when he's when he's not the Justin Verlander we're paying him to be. I'll pat him on lumps. the ba- <laughs> And pat him on the back when he is the Justin Verlander he, we're paying him to be, all right? But still, even without her being that way, it was, oh, look at, look at the trajectory, trajectory of his career. I know I still said it wrong. And, and look at it, and she came into people, his life. Yeah, a lot of people blaming her for his, you know. And really, we, we've talked about it before. After the season he had that year, you got nowhere. Did, did we just talk about, uh, you know, once you hit max growth, there's nowhere to go was down. He got Cy Young and MVP in the same year. How do you top that? Exactly. Everything exactly. after that is going to just seem like, eh. So, yeah, I, I saw that tweet, and, oh, I mean, the poor guy got just fucking savaged on social media. And, you know, I know that there's going to be people out there who say, oh, well, that's toxic masculinity and blah, blah, blah. Well, I hate to break it to you. He got savaged by women, too. Go read the comments. Go read the comments on NFL.com or Deadspin, wherever you want to go. Okay, there was women jumping in going, why is this bitch flapping her gums about how he plays either way? Until she puts a uniform and some pads on, no one gives a fuck about your opinion, sweetheart. And I'm like, damn. If I said that, it'd be, oh, women hate, woman hater and misogyny and rape culture. and Well, what are you going to say? This is, this is another female saying it. So... It's just ridiculous. Social media has really... Can you imagine being a professional athlete these days with social media? And every, and you are scrutinized. I mean, Johnny Football, Pac-Man oh. Jones. Those oh. guys... I mean, you can just Johnny Football did, did it to himself. Well, no, but still, it's like... You could just go down the list of guys who even have just fucking shot themselves in the foot because they don't realize that everybody has a fucking mini... TMZ camera in their pocket. It's called their phone. Yeah. This ain't the 1930s, 40s, 50s, okay? You know, this is not the days of Babe Ruth and Joe DiMaggio 
and him going, hey, look, I'm married to, to Madeline or, or Marilyn Monroe. Respect my privacy. And the press did, at least on his end, for the most part. The Hollywood press didn't because they've always been the Hollywood press. But that's a di- once again, that's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're helping to... You're helping to solidify my point about Ezekiel Elliott. You know, if he was smacking somebody up in the club, we'd have seen it by now. Exactly. We'd have saw it that weekend. We'd have saw it the 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 you know the few days after it happened. Exactly. Someone would have had a camera phone come out and got it. It'd have been on World Star, and some or or someone if they have enough sense would have sold it to the exclusive rights to it to TMZ. You know, would have made a, we'd made some money off of it. I mean, we live in a society. If they were smart, they'd have called ESPN. Well, yeah, but we live in a society where, well, with ESPN and the NFL's relationship, basically you're selling it to the NFL if you sell it to ESPN. Uh, yeah. What I'm what I'm um, getting at what I'm getting at is that how much know, is this worth to you to not get out there? We live in a society where, if you know, if a player like you know, let's say Jeter, okay, hits his three thousandth hit. The guy who catches it, if he wants to, he can go. Uh, yeah, it's going to cost you uh, fifty grand for this ball. Well, I'm not paying you fifty grand. Okay, well, I'm going to put it on. Uh, I'm going to put it on eBay, and I guarantee you I'm going to get more than that. So, have fun mm-hmm. buying your ball back for double the price I offered it to you. Yeah. Look at shit these days. So you can't tell me that it, once again, social. You know, with social media being like it is, and everybody having a a, a, a news studio in their pocket, just. Put the, the put the Twitter down, guys. Put the, put the Facebook down. Put the Instagram down. When it comes to your husband or your wife, and they're in the public eye, just put it down because nothing good comes of it. And Jay Cutler, where the fuck is he going to go after the after after the Bears? Let's be honest. I mean, some team will pick him up, but but his starting career, I imagine, has got to be over. Yeah. And how can he? How can he get? And this is what whether. Whether the the militant third wave feminist and white knight men out there want to realize this or not, he has as the quarterback he has to command respect in that locker room. And when the other players are looking at him, going, "You can't even you your wife has to fight your battles for you." Yeah, you're not getting respect in that locker room as the quarterback. <laughs> no, let alone as a let alone you know. You're not even getting it as a man. So, there it is. Yeah, we're saying it. So we do here. I'm Sporgy. All right. So, why don't we just roll into the picks here. And uh, there has been some movement. I'm back in the basement at 5.04. It's 61.58-2. Rich, you're back at second. 62.57-2. and two. Another fucking tide this weekend, by the way. I know a lot, assholes. And then, uh, fucking Earl. New guy just comes in, dominates the picks right away. What the fuck is this? 244, 27 and 2. He is at 602. He's doing so well, we're going to have Vidal investigate him for uh, domestic assault. Yeah. Exactly. Can't have that. No. Fucking rookie. Yeah. But, uh, Earl Earl is flowing into the magic of the technology. We already have Earl's picks. Which, by the way, before we move on, I did want to make a comment real quick when you're we talking about the new studio in our pocket. Isn't it ironic now that we have better technology in our pocket than we did when we attended radio school? I know, right? And that's 
17 years ago. Yeah, like every everything in an iPhone is way better than any of the equipment we trained on, video and audio. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And that, and that includes the Avid and the uh, digital audio that they, they brought in right after we left. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That, that's not probably gone and been updated to something else. Exactly. All right. Uh, World Series update, top of the A, 7-2, Cubs. So, looks like we're going to game seven here, kids. While we and were if talking, I, if I Indians remember, got... We all picked the Cubs, correct? Yeah. Indians got uh, two guys on base here in the bottom of the seven, threatened here for a second, but... Now, looks like we're going to game seven, unless some crazy shit happens during these picks. We'll see if for game seven. Oh, Chicago's going to burn down. Either way. Game seven, Chicago. Chicago's burning. Join us next week when we eulogize Chicago. Anyway, all right. So, Thursday, November 3rd. Uh, Rich, we're getting into that magical time of year when there's going to be Thursday, Friday, Sunday and Monday football. And you will actually be able to watch them because they won't. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, a matchup near and dear to your heart. All right. An NFC South matchup. These five and three Atlanta Falcons head down to Tampa to face your Bucks. We're at three and four. Uh, we want to go the reverse order. We'll Let's assume that's how Earl wanted it. Well, you know, Earl, Earl put his picks in already, so he's going first. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, he picked Atlanta. I cannot argue. You, I can't yeah, argue. Yeah. Nor can I. I. I mean, look, I was hoping Tampa would have a better showing this season, but I had no delusions that this was going to be a playoff year. And if it was, then it would be a deep playoff run. I mean, they're still building. Uh, yeah, and they're to, to go back to the old cliche. They are who I thought they were. So yeah, Falcons. I'll play. <laughs> Maddie Ice having a career renaissance. The addition of Mohamed Sanu working out very well to complement Julio Jones. Maddie Ice, Devontae, comeback player of the year. Yeah, Devontae Freeman proven last year is not a fluke. I mean, you got to go Falcons in this one. So next, AFC matchup. Quite a few uh, AFC championship games in the 2000s with these two teams. Steelers at Ravens. Big Ben, rumored to be coming back. Earl's going with the Steelers. What do you think, Rich? Oh... They've let me down so many times this season so far. But I'm, I'm I, fuck it. I'm gonna dance with who who, who brought me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the Ravens. Uh I mean, I want to pick the Ravens, but. Who do the Ravens have? They have Joe Flacco. Eh. They have Terrence West. Eh. <laughs> Mike Wallace. Eh. All right. Pittsburgh. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. 
Okay, Pittsburgh. my question. No Ben Roethlisberger, who are you picking? Pittsburgh. Because Landry Jones proved it last year. He'll get it to Antonio Brown, or you just hand it off to Bell. Okay. I don't think the, the, the vaunted Ravens defense, I think that it's seen better days. Even though I do have a waiver wire acquisition in for them this week. <laughs> but going with the Steelers. Oh, this. Should I just write us all in for this next one? Cowboys at Cleveland. Iceman's oh. going with Dallas. Yeah. Jerry's boys. Jerry's kids. Oh, I think I think Zeke's gonna have a day. It's kinda like a middle finger to the commissioner. To I mean, at this point, you know. Dak Prescott saying all the right things to the press, but I do believe every Sunday he's going out there and he's playing for his job. He's like, fuck you, old whitey. It's my time now, all right? I said, Tony, you look good in those headphones, all right? It's a good look on you. Was it? Earlier in the season, he was supposed to come back last week. And now, you know, we're getting into week, what, nine? And he was supposed to be back week eight? Yeah. So you notice that the Cowboys go five and one, and all of a sudden Jerry Jones did an about face with that fucking Tony Romo's our quarterback shit. Well, even the ultimate national Cowboys homer has said it's Dak's team, it's Prescott's team, and that that's Skip Bayless. Mm-hmm. Now Skip Bayless rises up, lifts his head up, wipes his mouth after he pops Romo's cock out of it. And says it's Prescott's team. That's got to tell you something. I've never bought into Romo, man. To me, Romo's been one of those dudes who's been riding off of his rookie season for most of his career. I've just I've never bought into him as a great quarterback. He's a 500 quarterback. He's a yeah. It's, he's a, I was just about to say he's a very pedestrian quarterback, and 500 is about as pedestrian as you get. Yep. All right, next. <laughs> Same one here. Should I just write a sense for this one, too? <laughs> Jaguars heading into Arrowhead to face the Chiefs. Oh, but, 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 but. It just occurred to me. Uh, you had announced today Jamal Charles having knee surgery. Shocking. All right. <laughs> The, the, the last show that we had, I went off on fucking Jamal Charles about how he's famous football fool's goal. And this guy can't stay healthy. So, but Spencer Ware's backup is having a bang-up season. Under the concussion protocol, so is Alex Smith. So, we do have those factors in play. We have Nick Foles quarterbacking for the Chiefs. And Cherkandrick West. Looks like he's going to be the starting running back for Kansas City. So we have, and who do, oh, Iceman? Iceman. Iceman's got the Chiefs. Yep. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with them even. I think the hobbled Chiefs are better than the Jaguars on a good day. Exactly. Same here. It's because, one word, defense. Kansas City does have themselves an Andy Reid defense. All right. Uh, a third NFC East match. 
or no, AFC East matchup. The Jets is the Dolphins. Iceman's going with the fish. Fuck. It, this is this is literally a coin toss for me. Uh, going with the home team. Give me the Dolphins. Ha. Huh. We're all going with the fish because my season-long moratorium is in effect on the Jets. <laughs> Fuck them. Wait a, minute. Wait a minute. Last last week, didn't you? Uh... I wanted to, but Earl, Earl put me in check. Okay. So now moratoriums. All right. You're right. Okay. Uh, now we're going to the NFC East. Eagles at the Giants. Iceman's going with the Eagles. God damn. I hate to be in lockstep with them like this. But yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking Eagles too. I'm not. I'm going with nope. the G-Men. All right. The G-Men. I mean... Eli Manning is going to make Carson Wentz his bitch. Although that Eagles defense this year, pretty decent, but for well, some my reason. Question, my question is, when he has Wentz doing his fucking laundry for him and folding it, and, and he's, he's making him give up his commissary to him, will Eli show any emotion, or will he just keep that deer and headlights look on his face the entire time? You know how that's how he rolls. <laughs> But two, also, you got the Giants coming off a bye. That's also what I think they got going for them. Alrighty, so let's truck on up to the NFC North. The four and four Detroit Lions at the five and two Minnesota Vikings. Fuck, you know who yeah. Ice? You know who Ice Man's going with? Yeah. He's 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 trying to be the Detroit Homer that, that Skip Bayless is for the Dallas Homer. But get the fuck out of here. Give me the Vikings. of left field to surprise you. I think the last two weeks is showing you exactly what I have thought about the Minnesota offense all year. It's shit. Alright? Their defense has been hiding a lot of ugly problems on that offense. You got running back by committee. Alright? You got fucking a second year player is your star receiver. Okay? Yeah. Sam fucking Bradford is your quarterback, and you had to sign him when Teddy Bridgewater went down. Sean Hill started a game for you this year, all right? So, that being said, we got Stafford, we got Marvin Jones, Golden Tate. Our running game's always been suspect. I'm going with the Lions on this one, believe it or not. All right, well, hey. My picks have proven before. I don't mind being out there by myself in the wind. I can't believe I, I can't believe I just picked the Lions. But anyways, uh, next matchup: Panthers at the Rams. Iceman's going with Carolina. 
This is another shit bowl. Yeah, I'm Two going. Two and five man. versus three and four. Yeah, I'm going Rams. I, I personally, one, it does my heart real good to see Carolina implode like this because they're in the same division as my thoughts. But also, I just, I, I, I tried to defend Cam Newton, Cam Newton last season, and I've tried to defend him in the early part of this season. And it's just gotten to the point where I'm just done. I'm not the battered boyfriend. I'm not going to be like, he's going to change. He says it was just this one time. No, it's, it's, it's a bad him. He needs to do some fucking growing up. All right. Well, unfortunately, I think the Panthers' defense is better than the Rams' defense. I think the Panthers' offense is better than the Rams' offense. I'm going with the Panthers. All righty. All right. Saints at 40. Jesus Christ. Saints at the 49ers. Iceman's going with the Saints. Once again, got to go with the Saints. So I... Yeah, I think Breeze has found his groove this year. I think Brandon Cooks just continues to make big plays. I think when Brandon Cooks isn't making big plays, you got Willie Sneed making big plays. Uh, Mark Ingram getting benched, but Hightower, you know, coming out like it's five years ago and we remember who he is. Uh, still, I think even though Ingram had a shitty game last week, he's still he's, he's had quite the year. Uh, 49ers, I mean, you know, set it on fire, collect the insurance money. I mean, the Chip Kelly era will once again, it, it ended in Philadelphia, and it will be coming to a screeching halt here soon in, uh, 40, in San Francisco, going with New Orleans. I did hear an interesting thought on a uh, different podcast, because Kaepernick is having a uh, know your rights, like whatever, I guess class or camp or whatever for, for, for younger people. And, you know, hey, that's whatever, more power to him. But the point that I heard was shouldn't he be concentrating more on, like, oh, I don't know, actually being a better quarterback right now in the middle of the season than trying to teach a bunch of teenagers their rights when it comes to what happens when they get pulled over? I mean, he's done so, there, though, right? He knows so, he's done. Yeah, that tells me that his head's just not even in the season. Yeah, you know, if this is the last season, he'll be wearing that. The, the red and gold. All right, next game up. The Tennessee Titans. Heading down to, to the San Diegans. <laughs> this, the Chargers. Uh, Iceman's going with the Chargers. Son of a bit. Yeah, same same here. This is getting, this is getting ridiculous. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Titans. We got another guy finding his groove. Mariota's finding his groove. DeMarco Murray proven that, uh, you know, maybe his years in Dallas, uh, you know, weren't a fluke. Um, can't tell you the receiver on the Titans except for Delaney Walker. Uh, they said the Chargers' problem is their defense. 
that's the thing. Philip Rivers has an insane amount of yardage this year already, insane amount of touchdowns. Chargers offense isn't the problem. Chargers problem is their defense. And with the running back like DeMarco Murray, this could this could be an ugly game for the Chargers. So you think that defense is just too porous against the running game? Yeah. Among other things. You know, the the, the Chargers, their their defense is their problem. So I'm going with the Titans. Alright. Colts heading into the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Uh, Iceman's going to Green Bay. Same here. I, Colts, <laughs> hey, look, I made the mistake. The, the, the Colts of this season are my uh, are my version of the Jets to me. Made the mistake of believing in them way too, way too long. And we're still believing in them even after other people have thrown a towel. And I just, one, one, it's the Packers, Rodgers. Two, it's at Lambeau. I mean, it's that's a home field advantage. Bottom line, you can't even argue that. The owner, literally, the owners of the team are sitting in the stands. All of them. So yeah, I mean, it plays into my uh, pick too. Really, I mean, it, it, even in a down year, you pick the Packers at Lambeau. This exactly. is how it goes. All right. Oh, man. Sunday night football. Going to be a good game this week. You know, this this is this is what? This is like fucking... This is old school. Both teams are good. Both teams have the same record. Both teams 6-2. and two, The Denver Broncos heading to the Oakland Coliseum to take on the Raiders. Derek Carr coming off a 500-yard-plus performance. Oh, yeah. He won my game for me this week. Oh, he put up 44 fantasy points. <laughs> Loving me some Derek Carr. And I'll tell you, the Raiders... Well, first of all, Iceman's going with the Raiders. The Raiders have been one of those teams where I was like, eh, check with me halfway through the season and I'll let you know if I'm a believer. I'm a believer. You know, like, I'm not buying Minnesota, but I'm buying Oakland. So I guess I kind of jumped ahead of you there, but I'm going with Oakland, man. No, it, it, it add me into the into the pile. Oakland, same here. Michael Crabtree's finally being the receiver he's supposed to be for the last ten years. You know, Amari Cooper, just a beast. I mean, you know, they might. Uh, Oakland might actually get fuck around and make the playoffs. We'll see. We're halfway through. I still, I, I have to say this, I I hear way more talk about other teams besides, besides the Raiders on a national level, and at this point I'm starting to, I'm starting to go, okay, what, what's wrong here? Is no one seeing what's going on out there? And quite honestly, too, another reason I'm picking this game is I think the Raiders' offense is way better than the Broncos' offense this year, and the Broncos are still what... The Broncos are still making their name in defense, but you put offense against offense. I mean, the winner is open. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Okay, Monday night, Bills at the Seahawks. Iceman, he's going with Sexy Rexy. 
<laughs> we didn't even talk about the dildo on the field. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> At least it gave Bills fans something to cheer about. <laughs> Isn't that how every man would have gotten that off the field? Just kick how every, it. How every straight male you know would have gotten that off the field? Apparently, there's a there's a there's a rumor that uh, someone wrote hey. uh, Tom's dildo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, you you gotta you gotta give it up to the foresight on that guy for knowing he would be an internet meme had he picked that thing up. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. I'm fucking picking that up. There's thousands of people here in cameras. I fucking I'm kicking that bitch. On top of it, I love the fact that the NFL <laughs> told the reporters not to bring it up. And so the report, the, the one reporter who brought it up, he brought it up to Gronk. The one person he knew that, that he figured would, would at least acknowledge the question. <laughs> Didn't it eventually get brought up to Brady, too? Oh, it did? If it did, I missed that. Yeah, I heard that. It got brought up to Tom as well. Tom on, like, Tom on like, the bye week this week. I'm like, well, clean it off. Give, give me something to, give me something to new to do with Giselle there. Yeah. Come on, he's a, Tom Brady doesn't need to buy use take use dildos. He can buy him new. <laughs> he doesn't even, right. even wash out his flashlight. He just fucking buys a new one. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the Ace Man is like I said, he's going with sexy Rexy. You going with? Just something telling me to go with uh, Seattle. Ah, uh, both of us agreeing. I am a believer in Buffalo's defense this year. I am not a believer in Buffalo's offense this year. And Shady McCoy all banged up again, and then it's been receiver by committee in Buffalo. Tyrod Taylor's been half the most of the damn offense. I just no Seahawks. They they got a ring. Russell Wilson. They've been to the Super Bowl what twice within the last five years at least. Uh, they've been in the NFC Championship game more than that. I just I think Seattle's a better team than Buffalo. I think I think Buffalo's kind of in the Minnesota situation. Is I think Buffalo's D is kind of responsible for more of their their record than their offense is. All right, so now, now we get to pick the, the, the local sports schools, the universities. 216 Michigan State at 216 Illinois. Oh, Iceman goes with, oh, he wants me, because he can't pick against Michigan State, he wants me to say not, not Michigan State. Yes, not, not Michigan. Yes. God, all right, anyways, it's a good thing I've known him a long time, or else I'd be like, what is this guy, autistic or something? But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to actually go against what Iceman says, I'm going to go with MSU. I think Me MSU too. played a better game than, they'll never admit it, but then they thought they were going to play against Michigan, and I think it might have given them enough of a boost. At least, at least, win this game. It's strictly a homer pick for me. 
again, also just playing the fact, like, you gotta get more than two. God, I know you're a young team, but especially after the year you've had, the last couple years, last two couple seasons you've had, you gotta get more than two. Dude, okay. I, I, know, you're on the, I, I know you're on the road. Just, okay, just stop and think. 2007. Wolverines versus the 2008 Wolverines. They won three games in 2008. Think, think about I mean, it, it, it can happen. A team can implode that badly, no matter how good they were the season before, especially when you got the turnover rate and as young of a team as that is. I'm not saying it's likely to happen. I'm just saying it can happen. So... I think MSU misses a bowl. I don't think they make a bowl game this season. I'm calling that now. Well, I called that a couple weeks ago, but like, I, I, I just think they, 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 they had a gut check against Michigan, and they found out they had more guts than they actually, than I think they, they thought. And I know there's a lot of Michigan fans going to admit this, but I, they're going, God damn, it ain't over till it's over. When State was making that drive, they were like, oh, shit, here we go. Because that was one of them. But, man, like, looking at the rest of State's schedule, I mean, this is one of your last two chances for a win. Because you got Illinois, next you got Rutgers, and you got Ohio State, and then you got Penn State, who's fucked around and is all of a sudden number 12. Rutgers I mean, should be a win. This should be a win. That's best still, case scenario... State, you're looking at four wins, man. You gotta win this weekend. We will see. Uh, Maryland coming in to see Michigan. Yo, Maryland five it. and three. Michigan eight no. Michigan. Yeah, Iceman's going with Michigan, and I'm going with Michigan on this. There ain't no, they're rolling. Maryland ain't that great. Their record's five and three, but eh, it just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I still have a fucking grudge against Maryland for not being in the fucking ACC like they're supposed to be. It's just, it's weird for Maryland to be a Big Ten team to me. That's how I feel about Nebraska and Rutgers. See, I like Nebraska as a welcome addition, but yeah, also Rutgers. Like Rutgers, what are you doing? Huh? Well, call yourself New Jersey State, like you should, because that's what you are. New Jersey is New Jersey is the only state so shitty its state university doesn't want to be named after it. <laughs> okay, well, we tried to keep it short. We failed once again. It's, it's this time of year, man. That's the thing. Every sport is going right now. It's great. And now uh, one more, one more score check before we sign off. See if we got a final from Chicago yet. See if we got an official game seven. Uh, yep, Cubs are up nine-two. Bottom of the ninth, zero outs, one on. Unless Cleveland has a fucking eight-run ninth inning, we're going to game seven in Chicago. Well, we'll watch that happens. But <laughs> <laughs> but thanks everybody who's listened downloaded uh we had our best month last month so keep doing it 
keep passing it around to your friends. Pass it around like a bad STD or a fat joint, all right? <laughs> Pass it around, tell people about it, like it, share it, all that fun, happy horse shit. On Twitter, at Sporty Podcast. You can email Sporty at ChristopherMedia.net. We're on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. The Iceman will be back next week. He's got a new work schedule. we got to figure things out, but we'll work them in there. Uh, thanks to everybody who's listened, and we'll catch you next week, guys. All right, later, guys. If you enjoy this show and want more people to know about it, head on over to iTunes, leave a comment, and rate it five stars. Make sure you like and share us on Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Just search for Christopher Media. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Most importantly, we would like to take the time to extend an extra special thanks to you. Christopher Media could not exist without your support. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net, and thank you for listening christopher media let's make some noise thank you for visiting christophermedia.net